Welcome to another edition of the Hawk Off the Press podcast. I'm your host, Gazette Hawkeyes reporter, John Steppy. My first guest, I'm excited to welcome Marissa Wibby, the head coach of Iowa Women's Gymnastics. Marissa, thanks for joining me. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, John. So not that you could tell necessarily from the standings, but working with a younger group this year, seven freshmen, what's been the key to kind of getting them up to speed? Wow. <laughs> um, lots of hard work, um, lots of buy-in um, on their part, um, and lots of help from a wonderful staff and an incredible upperclassman. Um, it's been just a, like a total team effort and just trying to get uh, everybody up to speed. It's been a while since we've had a class that, that was that large incoming, um, and also a class that's come in um, and not dealt with some natural disaster that, you know, we're fresh out of COVID and um, just coming out of uh, like the world going, trying to go back to normal. So um, lots of different things that are affecting the entire team and um, keeping fingers crossed so far, so good. I suppose it helps when you have upperclassmen like Adeline Kenlin to help out with that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's hard for even her and you forget that she stood like with me the other day and she was like, Loress, this is the first time I'm going to class, like for <laughs> real, like a class not online. And I was like, oh my God, she's a junior. Like it's the first time. So, uh, you know, I don't know how she feels about that, whether she prefers it the other way. And I, I would think that if you're looking outside today, she would prefer we go back that to COVID a little bit <laughs> and not have to walk outside in the blizzard that we're having happening today. But um, yeah, the upperclassmen are always, you know, instrumental, um, especially Adeline, who's lead by example, um, a great kid and a wonderful, incredible teammate um, for for all of the classes on the team. You know, she's she's got a lot of expectation on her just being um, a young lady born in the city so um, or raised in the city. So, it, you know, everybody's watching you, the hometown girl. And um, it, it can be a lot of pressure, but she does an excellent job with um, burying herself in our team. And you're coming off the win against Michigan State, a quality win there, and with a different venue than usual with Extreme Arena. What was it like playing in kind of a more intimate venue like that? Um, to be honest, like, I love Carver. I love the tradition of Carver. Um, and we've been there for a long time. But Extreme is a place where, like, especially a team like ours, who's very connected and very connected to their fans. It was such an amazing feeling to have them that close, you know, and be able to like literally have our, our team be able to high five them after an event. Um, and, and certainly we were not at our best on that day. <laughs> um, but, you know, it was kind of like a, a battle of like who could fall more that, that day. And um, certainly not how Michigan state, intended on um, competing and nor did we intend to compete like that. However, um, I will say it was an incredible experience for our team to be surrounded by black and gold, um, to feel like even when you put 5,000 people in Carver, it, it's far away 
and you can't really tell. Um, our crowds are always very energetic and do a really fantastic job with us in trying to maintain the hype. But in there, it sounded like there were 10 million people in there. So we were very excited. Um, the girls loved it. I know we've been talking about it since, um, you know, if there's ever a plea, a shameless plea to like have it be our arena, here it is. Yeah, we love that. <laughs> we would love for it to be our main arena for many reasons. Um, we just feel like it, it's such a great representation of our team. You know, the hype that goes on in there, um, how loud you can get it. It, it. it just like really suits overall who our team is. And um, yeah, we're going to be hosting Big Ten Championships there. So it was a nice run through to see like how it works out as a venue, not only for us, but for our fans. That's super important. Um, and it's like right in the heart of Iowa City. So um, everybody can get there. Um, and overall, it was, I, I can't, except for like, we've got to do better gymnastics uh, next time out. Um, it, it was a 100% win for us. Well, that's a perfect segue into my next question about you won a Big Ten regular season title back in 2020 when it was kind of COVID everything, social yep. distance, all that how much would it mean if you can win big 10 championships at extreme arena right here in Iowa city? I try not to think about it because, because it, then it dominates my every thought and every move and every, and, and I'm bad like that. So I can't do that. <laughs> um, but I would be lying if I wouldn't say that I thought about it. Um, We've tried not to make that the focus, especially like you mentioned right off the top. We have a very young team, seven new kids. Like that's, uh, it's really hard. Um, and they're contributing at a very high level. Um, we just didn't know what to expect going in. Um, we, we lost an extremely um, talented class in our senior class. Um, and, but there were seven of them as well. So it took us down to, starting again, essentially. Um, and just the not knowing was um, interesting. We had no idea that we would be um, as successful as we are right off the bat. We, we thought that we would have to do a little bit more. And um, luckily for us, what a blessing that this team is very comfortable in competition. So um, I, I can't say that I, I, I haven't thought about it. Um, Taking out Michigan State um, was the next step to getting there. Because if you don't take out the top, which is right now Michigan and Michigan State, and, and Michigan State beat Michigan. So, you know, we said going in this year, it's, it's one of those years in the Big Ten where um, you cannot say, okay, well, this is about that what the top's going to look like. And then midway through, everybody's good. And in my opinion – at any point, anybody could take out anybody. And it's pretty awesome feeling because I, I remember when our two teams, Michigan, um, Michigan State and Iowa, were kind of like the bottom of the barrel. And we were battling each other often to try and, and, and so proud that the two of our, our teams like are at the top now and pushing at the top consistently. We did that. You know, that's exciting. Um, so to be hosting, um, to have 
defeated Michigan State in certainly not the prettiest of ways, but um, you don't get points for pretty. You get just the W right now. So um, it would be a dream come true. And and it certainly would be um, a wonderful statement to the team um, that has worked so incredibly hard um, to be one unit. When there's that many, it's over half the team that's new. You know, when the, when that happens, um, not even to mention coming out of COVID and all of the changes around the country and then how great the NCAA is and the Big Ten in general. Wow. That would be a huge statement for this young team to be able to say, we, we did this. We did this. And, and they really have, I mean, they have worked and worked and worked and not just at the gymnastics stuff because the gymnastics is the gymnastics but all of the other things the little details the investment in each other um outside the gym inside the gym outside into the community all of those things that put together this great little package that is iowa gymnastics they really really worked hard so um it would definitely be the icing on the cake um love to be home in front of our fans and, and win a championship because it was not like that for us when we won. We were away. We weren't allowed to announce it. That was terrible. It was terrible. <laughs> Besides the fact that like we actually won it. Um, yeah, I would love to get that hat and the trophy and the t-shirt in, in the moment that it happens. Um, yeah, I think that would be pretty amazing. And then was there a point where you realized, okay, this isn't the average team that has seven freshmen and these athletes are ready to compete a little faster than expected? Um, I think the first meet we were like, wow, okay. The second meet we're like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so probably by the third meet, we okay, we might have something here, you know, um, <laughs> Every team is just a little bit different and more than anything, I, we try to, I try to get my coaching staff to look at patterns and, and so that you have the best opportunity to be able to predict. And I use predict very lightly with air quotes um, and, and to learn about patterns of your team and, and where, if we need, if we're getting into trouble, where we need to pull somebody, replace somebody, um, and it's really hard with this team because they are quite comfortable out there um, and they're fun and they're at ease all, almost so almost more than they are in practice. It's just like the easiest time for them is when they're together on a competition setting. I, I think it's when they're happiest and, and, and when they're, when they can just forget everything else and invest 100% in each other um, and what's happening and, um, and Hawkeye nation, to be honest, like that's been the most fun, um, is to be able to be back at full go in front of all of our fans and family and friends. So yeah, it's, um, been a definite shock, a great one. Um, now we've stepped, taken a couple steps backwards in the last meet. Um, so I got, we got to reverse that pattern <laughs> and make sure that like, we're not trending downwards. Um, I just think it's six, six weeks in and that's about 
where you start to get a little bit tired and notice those, those lagging and maybe have to pull back just a little bit, switch some people, get the upperclassmen some rest and then go full go again. So um, we'll see. We've talked about it. Um, that is a great thing about this team as well. They're not shy about um, admitting mistakes and, and knowing when they're in trouble. And, and I take, think that takes a lot of growth and a lot of maturity on our part, but also on their part to meet us halfway. So um, I think they're going to be fine. And I, um, I know going back in, into Carver, they'll be raring to go. Um, but I am, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised how quickly they've come along. Um, and again, it's a testament to, to the girls and, and their ability to be behind each other hundred percent in the good and the bad. Um, and, and push each other to the next level, just knowing what we're trying to accomplish. So very proud of them. And then still have a chunk of the season left before big tens. What's kind of the biggest key for these next, I can't do math here. I think five weeks, four weeks, something like that. Yeah. If you know me, you know, not to ask me about math. Everybody knows that. <laughs> Don't talk to me about numbers. I'm terrible, but um, yes, we have a couple of key meets. I mean, obviously we need to stay um, winning in the big 10. And, and like I said, Rutgers is coming in here this week and they are on a terror right now. They are, they are exceptionally great team right now. So um, we'll see them this weekend. Um, we do have big fives coming up and so then we'll see the other half that we haven't met in duels, and that will be largely important. Um, it will determine our um, conference record, obviously, but uh, regular season, and then we'll determine our placement going into the championship. So um, fingers crossed, we need to be in the night session. That's um, where we want to be, especially at home hosting. And then, of course, um, after that, we um, will finish out our home dual season with, um, Iowa state. So we were in COVID when we had our dual meet. Um, and then we got relegated to going back there instead of them coming to us to keep all the sports on the same, um, pattern. So, yeah, so we had to go there two weeks, two years in a row. Um, so they are finally after two years coming back to Iowa city, um, and that's how we're going to finish out our dual season. So it's pretty exciting and pretty packed for us over the next few weeks. Um, then we'll kind of take a little bit of a, a down, not call active rest um, as we're being determined where we'll go in postseason. Um, and I'm saying where we'll go because we intend to be there um, and, and then go from there. We kind of got into the sweet 16 for the first time ever last year. And so now I is going past that, but, um, for right now, we're taking it one day at a time, one practice at a time, one snowstorm at a time, and, um, just trying to keep everybody healthy and happy. Well, thanks for joining me. Absolutely. I appreciate it. My next guest on the Hawk off the press podcast is Sasha Schmidt, head coach of Iowa women's tennis. Sasha, thanks for joining me. Thanks, John. Happy to be chatting with you today. So Iowa tennis has been in a good spot lately. I think it's four of the last five matches won, winning matches that weren't necessarily going your way last year. What's been the key here to this turnaround so far in 2023? 
Yeah, it's been a good start to the year. I think we just have a little bit more depth and, a, you know, a more healthy roster than we had last year, which really, really helps. And um, I think as much as possible, um, we want to continue to keep winning that doubles point. We dropped it a couple of times last weekend, but we're still able to beat St. Mary's. But I think it's probably going to be a situation where we're going to, you know, have uh, some close matches as we go you know, throughout the rest of the season and into big 10 play. So we can win that doubles point that really sets us up to be in such a better position going into singles. But I really like our team. They're a great group of girls. They really fight hard and um, we're enjoying, you know, being together and competing hard here. And a little bit of a different staff. You have a former Iowa athlete. What's that like now having as a colleague, one of your former players? really great. Yeah. I mean, really, really great. I, um, I don't think there's too many coaching staff that have, you know, both members as alums. So I'm, I'm kind of proud of the fact that Elise and I both played at Iowa and now we're both coaching. And then it's just extra special to know that, you know, I had coached Elise for five years because she was one of those players that had the extra COVID year. So, you know, she has the distinction of being a five-time all big 10 honoree, which I don't think will ever happen again, because let's hope we don't have another COVID situation where anyone's getting back that other year, but, you know, really hard to be all big 10 four years in a row and um, pretty impressive to be five times. And so she just brings a a wealth of knowledge and pride in the program. and, And she's just, she's a great player in practice and, She's been she's been somebody that um, has really helped me kind of even get back to some of the things that I think maybe I had been coaching and had been really focused on early in her career as a freshman and a sophomore. And kind of as the years go by, you maybe try different things or you kind of change a little bit. And so I've really kind of loved her reminding me of some of my initial instincts and um, encouraging me. And it's a different role, but it's really been just such a lovely coworker, and uh, I'm so happy she's here. And speaking of being an Iowa alum, you had the chance earlier this year to play against and beat your coach who was at Iowa when you were an athlete in Port Paul Wardlaw. What was that experience like? Yeah, I have so much respect for Paul and really feel like he was one of those incredible mentors to me and helped me kind of even see coaching as an opportunity. Um, so yeah, life comes full circle. He's now coaching at Denver. And so to be able to have him back here, he hadn't been back to Iowa city since he was coaching at Iowa and his years, um, at Iowa were some of the most historic years here. Um, and he led the team to the sweet 16 in 1999. And I was fortunate enough at that time to be his assistant coach. And so Really was wonderful to have him back. He hadn't seen the new facility um, and just always loved catching up with Paul. And it was a great match and just really kind of honor those moments when you get a chance to thank the people that have been really important to you in your life and had the chance to do that when I saw him a couple of weeks ago. That had to be quite the adjustment for him when he was used to before the Iowa tennis courts where it used to be in the Kinnick parking lot and you yes, had the donors. Exactly. Pulling the cars he was up on very the impressed. Yeah, he was really, really impressed. He had kind of left Iowa when this building was kind of in the initial phases of drawings and 
architectural meetings. Um, so I think it was really fun for him to be able to see what eventually came of the Hawkeye Recreation Tennis Center. And it's really just a wonderful facility. And, um, you know, I think y- you you really get a sense of how far the program's come. And how has the transfer portal been helpful for you um, adding some experience this year? Yeah, you know, it's just a whole new world with that transfer portal, kind of the type of thing you have to check out every single day and um, keep your eye on. And yeah, I mean, we definitely were able to pick up a grad transfer from Utah and Anya, and she's been, you know, it's really wonderful to be able to have somebody come in that's already had four years of experience in the Pac-12 conference. She played at Utah, so definitely had um, very high level tennis experience, and she kind of gets to see a new team and have a new experience, um, which I think is kind of fun for these student athletes to be able to get into a different program and a different culture and expand all of the experiences that they have through collegiate athletics. And she's been able to come in and and really honestly been a, a pretty unique double specialist for us. Um, and I think doubles is one of the things you really learn in college over the course of your four years. You don't necessarily come in understanding doubles because in juniors, we play a lot of singles. So I think that's where her experience has really helped um, strategically and being able to understand positioning and doubles. She's really, really aggressive. So it's been really, really great for us. And she's been holding down that number one double spot. And obviously international recruiting is nothing new in tennis, but it seems like this year's roster especially has kind of an international twist to it. Let's see Peru, Germany, Canada, Czech Republic. Also doubles as my ideal travel list. So what's the key there to recruiting? It's really true, John. Yeah. And collegiate tennis has really become just a real international recruiting sport. So, you know, I think a lot of our U.S. college teams have, I would say, at least 40 to 50 percent international players because, you know, this is such a unique opportunity to be able to combine education with high level tennis. And that is what a lot of the great players from Europe are really interested in doing. And they don't have that opportunity in Europe. They kind of have to pick a path, which is either to continue on the professional route or to continue to go to pursue academic career and interest. And a lot of them really don't want to make that, you know, right or left choice. They want to be able to have both options. And so there's just great tennis players worldwide. And, um, you know, they definitely add so much to our team and we love learning about the different cultures and getting them to um, meet each other and experience, you know, just kind of what it means to be on a collegiate team in the United States. I think uh, college athletics is something that's quite different from what they're used to in Europe. And so they come over and are kind of in awe of our football stadiums and in awe of how excited we are about collegiate athletics, but they quickly become acclimated and it's been really, really fun. And it's a great group. And I think we learn a lot from each other. So definitely is worldwide recruiting. How do you explain Iowa to somebody in like Germany or the Czech Republic? You know, I think a lot of times you kind of have to start with, we're close to Chicago and we're in the big 10 conference and you kind of have to kind of, you know, expand a little bit in terms of them having a little bit of an understanding of where the University of Iowa fits in in, in the United States that so we're kind of in the middle of the country. Um, 
but I, you know, I think one of the things that they've quickly learned is the concept of the power five conferences. So the fact that the university of Iowa is a part of one of the large major conferences, um, that definitely is something that I think the international student athletes are starting to understand is, is it, is a different experience. I'm not saying it's perfect for everybody, but a lot of these high level tennis players are really excited about the opportunities that come from a power five um, university from the facilities, from the travel, from the competitive standpoint. And that's been one of the selling points for us. And then in case the whole tennis coach thing hasn't kept you busy enough, you've had a big role with the 50th anniversary of Iowa women's athletics this year, including, I want to give a shout out to your podcast, Herky's Voice, that focuses on Iowa women's athletics. What's it been like celebrating as an alum and now as a coach 50 years of women's athletics at Iowa? I'm so excited about the celebration, John. And I have said this a couple of times, but I was a part of the 25th anniversary. So I'm dating myself, but really is, um, you know, a landmark that I think we should be really proud of. And I love being able to celebrate the wonderful tradition and legacy of Iowa women's athletics. And obviously it was an honor to be a part of the 25th anniversary um, when I was assistant coach here at Iowa and to be back now as the head coach in the 50th year is, is pretty special for me. So I just really want to do whatever I can to raise the profile and to let everybody know about the wonderful, unique legacy of Iowa athletics and all of the exciting things we have ahead in the future too. So we can use the Herky's Voice podcast as a platform for that. And then I'm always really wanting to lend my support to helping with the party planning or the ideas and the um, brainstorming for how we can make the 50th anniversary event really exciting. So it'll it'll be the May 5th through the 7th weekend, and we hope to have a lot of alums back, but also it's open to the community. So hoping that all of our community members will be really excited and want to come to the gala on May 6th at Carver Hawkeye Arena. And I think it's um, definitely tapping into the sense in our society right now where we're just really on the rise of women's athletics and a rise of interest and people that are really supporting um, women's athletics in all areas, especially with TV. And you can see the viewership numbers that are just skyrocketing and all of the fans that are coming out and filling up the Carver Hawkeye Arena for our women's basketball games. We just have so much, um, you know, great snowballing momentum right now that you want to capitalize on as we go into celebrate now 50 years of Iowa women's athletics. Well, Sasha, thanks for joining me. Thanks, John. Appreciate you. And thanks to our listeners for tuning into another episode of the Hawk Off the Press podcast. Until next week, we will talk Hawks later. Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast. Add it to your podcast player or your Alexa-friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day. Check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts.